Welcome to the Let's Eat Grandma Career Warrior Podcast. And welcome to the Let's Eat Grandma Career Warrior Podcast, where our goal is not only to help you land your dream job, but to help you live your best life. Today, we're talking about how to turn the great resignation into the great transformation. Listen, there's no doubt that there is a major socioeconomic shift going on right now with a record number of people quitting their jobs. With that change comes a great opportunity for every single job seeker listening to this podcast right now. The chance for personal and professional transformation and an opportunity for you to do more of what you want to do to have a better lifestyle, better pay and working environments. And this is what we are going to talk about today, transformation. Today, I brought on Sonia Dynamo Price. With over 15 years of experience in career and leadership consulting, Sonia has worked with a wide range of clients, including Amazon, Facebook, Google, HBO, and numerous other organizations. She has a master's degree in leadership and organizational development and is a certified career and executive coach. Sonia has trained with Al Gore to become a climate reality leader and is actively engaged with the Seattle Board of Conscious Capitalism. Sonia is passionate about empowering professionals to accelerate their career success, to become financially free, and to make a positive impact around the world. In her downtime, she enjoys skiing, playing piano, and geeking out over strategy board games. You can learn more about her through going to dynamocareers.com, and of course, we'll leave that link within the description of this podcast. So let's talk about transformation today, and I cannot wait to get into this conversation with the 255th episode of the Career Warrior Podcast. All right, Sonia, welcome to the show. Hey, Chris. Thanks so much for having me. And I love getting into stories about people and how they got into career coaching, and I loved hearing about your why. So can you give us a story that relates to many of those listening on this podcast? Why did you get into career coaching? What was your path like? Oh, boy. What was my career path like? Well, like many young professionals, I went to college. I had an interesting path in college many years ago. It actually took me six years and seven different colleges to complete my undergraduate degree. And part of that was because I just had no clue what I wanted to do. And I didn't really have a lot of advisement didn't have, you know, parents or mentors or people who are really encouraging me to go in a particular direction. So I think a lot of people can relate to this because, you know, when you go to college, there's so many different options, so many choices of what to do. And right. about four years through the process, and I was paying for this on my own, I took out student loans to pay for every single cent of my college degree. So every tuition, you know, every semester when I would enroll, I was like, oh, there's another tuition check. There's another tuition check that I'm going to have to pay off later. So about four years into this process, I decided I was going to take some time off from school, get a job, get an internship, try to get some professional experience and decide where to go from there. I've had a very long and wide and varied career since that time frame. So fortunately enough, my first professional job ended up really putting my career on the map. So I started working for a tech startup company which was an amazing experience, but I basically started as an admin assistant because I was I didn't even have a college degree yet, but we were growing fast and we were fairly well funded. And so every time that, you know, a new opportunity came available, I would just, you know, say to my boss, who was the founder, you know, let me take that job. Let me do that. And then we would backfill my position. So I yeah. got a lot of experience. I eventually ended up completing my degree and then several years later, I decided to go back to school and I got a master's degree in leadership and organization development. 
And I thought when I finished, oh, now I've got it. I've got this master's degree. Companies are going to be lining up and they're going to hire me and I'm going to get this fancy job. But that did not happen. And so basically I got another degree, more student loans. And then I basically just went back to doing the same thing that I did before. I've done a number of different things. I've been a product manager. I've been a usability engineer, which was really fun. I, you know, ran user studies and we would put eye tracking devices on folks and okay. monitor <laughs> what buttons they clicked on and how they went through, you know, a purchase process. And then eventually I did get into consulting and that was really great. I did organizational change management where we're looking at the people side of change when an organization, you know, goes through a big technology implementation or a corporate merger or, you know, those yeah. kinds of things like that. Anyways, long story short, what led me to do career coaching is my own professional pathway, because every time that I made a big leap in my own career, I realized that it's actually more about the positioning of your skill set that can help you land your next role or your next opportunity. So, you know, for your listeners out there, if they're looking to make a dramatic change in their career... They're doing one thing. They want to do something completely drastically different, but maybe they have this fear of, oh my gosh, I'm going to have to start all over again. I'm going to have to take a pay cut. I have personally proven that that does not need to be the case. And that's what led me to do career coaching because every time I made a shift, I started having friends and family come to me that were saying, hey, wait a second, how did you make that move? And can you kind of help me do the same thing? So first in the beginning, it was just helping people for fun on the side And then I started getting referrals and more referrals. And so then I was like, well, wait a second. I think there's really a need here. I think a lot of people need support with their career. And, you know, first and foremost, identifying what should they even be focused on? Like what's meaningful and fulfilling work for them? But then how do they position themselves in such a way that they can land the, the job that they want and make more money and be more satisfied and be doing something that's really utilizing their skill set to the fullest and really making a big contribution in the world as well? I love that. That's excellent. And hearing the story, especially hearing your story, I think is going to be inspirational for some of the people listening to this episode right now. Perhaps we have somebody, you know, people going through a change themselves, people wanting to make a transformation. And I think you are case in point. You're a really good example of how to do that within your career and helping other people. I I think it's great. So thank you for the work you're doing. And thank you for living your purpose with helping other people. I think that we're going to help some job seekers today with this episode. Thank you. I think you're a huge example of that as well, Chris. Yes. On the resumes front, I do love the idea of helping people in that way too. And I've struggled to like my own resume. It's like, how do I market myself in such a way to end up getting noticed really? I mean, I've gone through the struggle. And so I love living through empathy and living through having gone through the experience myself to help other people go through it. Mm -hmm. So isn't that the funny thing? Is that we're really good at helping other people, but then when it's about us, you know, sometimes it's hard. It's like, oh, I can help someone else put their resume together. But then when I need to do my own resume, help, I need to, you know, I need to hire a coach or I need to hire someone. I think we're all like that. You know, I think we all need mentors and coaches to help us along through our journeys. A hundred percent. And so pivoting over to the great resignation, which I'm going to talk about the transformation element in a second. I'm going to ask you about that. But let's talk about what's going on right now. Um, Right now, like I said, there was a record number of quits recently, and so many people are leaving their jobs right now. But my question to you is, how did we get here and really what's going on with the job search landscape? Mm, Yes. Well, I think we've all heard about the great resignation. And, you know, what is that really? And why is it happening? You know, I think through the pandemic, we were all told to 
you know, go indoors, go inside, go sit in your corner, (laughs) basically. So we've had a lot of time to think and a lot of time to reflect. But I think there's many, you know, kind of important statistics to pay attention to when we look at this. Over the last two years, employees have actually experienced a 21% increase in burnout. You know, so we've been working from home and there's a lot of benefits to that. But I think a lot of people are burnt out, too, because it's hard to find that work life separation now. It's like your laptop could be sitting at your kitchen table. You know, your kitchen table has now become your desk, not just for you, but maybe your partner as well. And then you got kids running around all over the place. So how do you address all of this? Resignation rates are actually 10 to 15 percent higher than they were in 2019 prior to the pandemic. So. That's significant. That's like a really, really, really big leap. Completely. Right. And it's not just for the people who are fully resigned. You know, that leaves an after effect as well. So if people have become cynical and resigned and they quit their job, then for the folks who are still working in that role, you know, oftentimes they're taking a a bigger brunt of the work. They have to take on extra work. And then there's low morale in the workplace. Record number of people have already quit. But for those folks who are still working or haven't transitioned, there's an additional 50% of the workforce that is actually still considering making a change or doing something different right now. So the entire workforce is in just major upheaval at this point in time. And I mean, it just reflects the state of the world of what we've been going through for the last two years as well. Yeah, definitely. And one thing I'd like to note also is that, and we just did a talk about this the other day, and that other people are experiencing the great resignation different than than other people because certain industries are impacted way more than others. And just looking at the amount of people with, I think it was like $40,000 a year and under, like the vast majority of these people were looking for new jobs versus the higher paying jobs. It was a little bit less. I think that's incredible. And I think people don't need to worry right now about, you know, the fact that they haven't gotten a job yet. And there's this whole great resignation thing right now, because it could be specific to certain industries. And There shouldn't be this one size fits all answer. But have you heard a similar thing, I guess, in people who are still struggling to get work right now, even though there's this thing going on called the Great Resignation? Well, certainly the Great Resignation has impacted, you know, service oriented industries much more than, you know, professional jobs or the more classic desk jobs. But I think that that sense of resignation has also made a huge impact, you know, just across the board, no matter what your type of profession is. There are some upsides to this as well. I mean, you know, I think I'm guessing that most of the folks who are listening to this podcast are probably more in that professional realm and mostly have been working from home. There are a lot of upsides to this as well, though. I mean, like working from home has actually increased employee productivity by 13%. We are more productive, but I think people love working from home so much now that the job search for work from home permanent positions is up significantly. Actually, we've seen that job searches for remote work is up by 460%. My gosh. That is like insane. Yeah, I remember when I was writing resumes for people before all this happened and remote work was a bigger deal. They were like, I actually want a job that's remote. And I was like, oh, how do I put this in a resume? But now this is the norm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, but here's an interesting thing that I've actually seen with a lot of folks is that the desire for permanent work from home opportunities is so great that people have said that they're actually willing to take a pay cut. That like if they knew that their job could be 100 percent moving forward, that they would be willing to accept less or if they could find a new job where they knew that that was a guarantee that they would be able to continue working from home, 
the data shows us that 20% of workers would actually be open to receiving a 10% pay cut, which just astonishes me. I just want to, you know, kind of go on record here saying that I don't think that that needs to be the case. And I think a lot of times job seekers think, oh, I'm going to switch directions. You know, I might need to take a pay cut. Or if I want the ability to work from home permanently, then that might mean that I need to take a pay cut. And I don't think that's the case at all. And I think the job market in general is shifting. If employers don't already have a policy around this, they're going to have to come up with one soon because the demand is so high these days. And I want people to know, like, there are lots of options there are lots of opportunities out there. And so try not to get stuck in thinking, oh, if I want this, then that means that somehow I'm going to have to sacrifice something. I just don't think that's the case. Awesome, Sonny. I thought this was a really good primer for the discussion we're about to have about transformation. I think this is going to be one of the key things for listeners and framing this into a positive thing and really, really putting their best into their job search. So let's go into this concept of the great transformation, which I love that we call it that. Why do we call this the great transformation? Uh, well, we always need a positive reframe on something that, you know, is challenging us and feels like mm-hmm. it's like plaguing our nation, right? So mm-hmm. I think it's up to each one of us to really create our own great transformation. So if you're in a place where you are feeling resigned or you're feeling cynical about your job, about your career, I really encourage you to just take an inventory of where are you right now and what would make it turn into a great transformation for you. So, you know, we know that people are actually in general, people are actually much happier working from home these days. So if that's a good thing for you, great. How can you make that be part of your agenda going forward? You know, I always say that, you know, happiness is an individual responsibility So creating your own career agenda is part of that. And that's part of your responsibility, too. So, you know, taking inventory of what's working, what's not working, and then identifying specific action steps that can help counteract the parts that are not working and really becoming more of a director of your own career, you know, creating the right types of opportunities that will be a good fit for you. That makes so much sense. Yeah. And I mean, it could be things like, you know, meaningful work is really, really important. And so what does meaningful work look like to each individual? Does that mean having work that's more in alignment with your values, where you can stand behind the product or service offering of the organization that you work for? You know, maybe you want higher pay. Maybe that will help give you a greater sense of satisfaction and fulfillment. Maybe you want a more harmonious work environment. You know, we tend to take a lot of stress home from our work environment. So, you know, finding opportunities that more are more in alignment with you has just proven to really make a big impact, you know, not just in your career and the overall satisfaction in your career, but just your overall joy and happiness and fulfillment in life as well. That makes so much sense. And, you know, even talking with some friends and asking what they want now, because I hear a lot about, you know, what people don't want. It's like, oh, I really don't like this relationship with my boss right now, or I really hate what I'm doing, or I'm really bored at work. But I think people are not putting enough time into figuring out what they're trying to move into Mm -hmm. versus move away from. And I think you're exactly right. People need to understand what they value in searching for that next job. I think it's going to make a big difference. But what about the people that still struggle to get that clarity and figure out what they want to do? Because I just asked someone the other day, I said, hey, what do you want? And they kind of just gave me a blank look and then really didn't have it figured out. But how do I start the search, I guess, Mm. and figuring that out. Well, one thing that I do with my clients is I have a list 
of that helps prime people to think about what's really important to them. Mm -hmm. So when we consider meaningful work, what are all of the elements of meaningful work? And, you know, you can think of it as like, you know, if, uh, if you've ever dated somebody or you've been looking for your mate, your partner in life, perhaps you made a list of what you were looking for in that partner. You know, you yeah. want someone who's tall and good looking and funny and rich <laughs> or whatever it might be. Right. You know, I like to think about your work in a similar fashion. Right. Okay. So it's like if Literally you write it more, out too. If you have these people write it out on paper, write it out and fan. develop like, you know, a ranking criteria out of that list. What's most important to you? What are the deal breakers? And then what are the areas that you would be willing to flex on and okay. get really, really specific about it? Right. If you say, I want to be making X amount of dollars, you know, maybe come up with like, what's your ideal range? And then what's the bare minimum that you would be willing okay. to accept? And then if you get an offer for anything that's less than that, then you know, that's a deal breaker. I'm not going to accept it. Right. Or I want to work from home 100% of the time. I'm okay going to the office a couple of days a week, but I want that flexibility so that I can, you know, take off and go to doctor's appointments when I need to, or pick up my kids from, you know, daycare or, you know, I want to work with a team that cares about me as a person. You know, I want to work with a manager that checks yes. in with me and helps me develop my career and helps give me feedback and helps me know where to grow and, and what's important to me. So I think really just getting very detailed on that list and developing like a quantifiable ranking, you know, prioritization process of what's most important and how will you know it when you see it, right? And then if you don't see it, then maybe you inquire further to see if it really is there. Or if it's just not there, then do yourself a favor and move on because there's lots of opportunities in this world. And I think sometimes I see a lot of job seekers that they just get so excited about the first offer that comes. And maybe the first offer is not the best offer. Exactly. Or they get married to a company before even receiving the offer. And so they're like, oh, I got to the final interview stage, but they don't have other interviews lined up to have competing offers. And so I think that's another problem that people should look at. Absolutely. So speaking about career change, I think that's a topic we can't cover enough. I recently did a survey with our customers here at Let's Eat Grandma, and it looks like more and more of them are going through a career change. Hmm. This has always been the case, but more so than ever, people are looking to change industries, jobs, what have you. So let's say I do have that clarity in what type of job gives me more meaningful work. What am I going to do right now to start getting my resume looking better to getting my interview and my application stronger so I can actually move into the job I want to move into? So what are the actual steps to start moving towards something that would be more meaningful? Yeah, people struggle. I mean, they're like, I know I have this experience with software development, but I haven't had that first job yet. Or, mm. you know, I just struggle to get this, you know, looking good on my resume or to be able to talk about this in an interview. But just in general, what would you recommend for our career changers listening? Well, I mean, for me, it all comes down to positioning, right? It's like I mean, one of the things I always say to my clients is, especially when we're looking at your resume, putting your resume together is like, well, first of all, before you even put a resume together, you've got to get clear on your overall career roadmap, where are you going? And not just your next job, but what's the next job after that or after that going to look like? Because ideally, you always want to be moving into a stretch role. You always want to be moving into something that's going to help challenge and grow your skills. 
a little bit, right? You don't need to get in over your head, but you want to be doing something that's going to help you, you know, follow a trajectory, follow a line, right? So it's like, if you have leadership aspirations and you want to be a VP by the time you're 40, great. What do you need to have in place before that happens? Not everybody wants to be a leader. So if you don't want to be a leader, then what's going to be your special niche? You know, is there a certain technology that you want to become an expert in? And then make sure that you're targeting jobs and positions and opportunities that will help you gain that experience. And this could be all the way from early career. You know, even if you don't have that experience already, how do you find those opportunities that will allow you to get that experience, even if it's just a short term contract or an interim position that can help you, you know, get that experience on your resume. And then I think another really important thing to pay attention to is the positioning in your resume. So I think a lot of folks look at their resume as this historical record. Here's everything I've ever done in my career. But if you're trying to, you know, make a shift, how can you position yourself so that when somebody looks at that resume and they make that seven second snap judgment decision, <laughs> right? can they immediately see what they need to see to right. be able to take you to the next step? So like the job of your resume is to get you called for an interview. Then in the interview, you can go in more, more in depth and share more details about your yes. past background experience. But even then, you should always just be focused on relevant and meaningful experience. So it's you really want to learn to approach, you know, your career and how you position yourself. You kind of want to think like a consultant or think like a marketer. You know, what's the right message to the right audience at the right time? And your resume, you know that old saying, dress for the job you want, not the job you have. Yes. Like that applies yeah. to your resume. So it's like so much. Yeah. Dress your resume for the job that you want, not this historical record of, you know, the minutiae detail yeah. of every job you've ever had and all of the, you know, every single responsibility. It needs to be focused on meaningful and relevant experience. Yeah. One thing that I recommend, it's been a long time since I've thought or spoken about this, but it's coming to me now. But I recommend that job seekers do what I call the highlighter exercise, which means to pull open a job posting for the job you're trying to go for and put your resume side by side, like physically print it out and in yellow highlight on your resume what is most relevant for this job posting. And I tell people in another highlighter color, like pink, highlight what's somewhat relevant for the job mm. posting. Because sometimes it's not always perfectly relevant, especially when we're going through a career change of some sort. And so I think people would be surprised to find out how little relevant highlighter, that yellow highlighter they have on that resume. Or if it is there, it's not front and center like you spoke about, like not at the very top of the resume, which people need to see immediately why you're qualified for the job. So yes, mm -hmm. your resume is not this hard and fast chronological history of everything you've done that's just... Resumes should be truthful. I believe they should be honest. They should be fact-based, but people need to realize that the resumes are a marketing piece. And so you need to pull out what's most relevant for the job posting that you're applying for and to make it stand out. Otherwise, you're not going to get the interview. It's just going to be too lost among the mm -hmm. other resumes. Mm -hmm. Yep, absolutely. And think about creative positioning, right? If your experience does not align exactly Yes, you never want to lie and you don't want to stretch the truth too far, but sometimes it can help to kind of massage things a little bit. 
And a good example of this, just you can kind of hear what I'm saying is, you know, I've worked with a lot of people who have had experience in higher education, but then they're like, oh, I want to get into corporate training. And then when I look at their resume, it says, you know, supported X number of students, 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 students. It says students all over the resume. But a corporate environment, we talk about participants, you know, so it's a very like it's a subtle change and it's it's the exact same thing. But you, this is how you have to think like a marketer, the right audience, the, you know, the right message, the right audience, the right time um, is if you talk about students, people are automatically going to, you know, pigeonhole you as, oh, they're a professor. But if you want to be a corporate trainer, OK, great. You train participants. But that's like just one example of, a, you know, very small example of how you want to learn to shift your language so that you're really focusing in on that positioning. Awesome. So. Circling back to the great transformation with just these final questions here, you've been an excellent guest so far. So thank you for all your answers so far. But I have to ask you about something that I don't think we cover enough on this episode. And it's something that I don't think people talk about enough in the career coaching job search world. But it is really the emotional side of transformation and the emotional side of the job search. So I want to get at your thoughts for the job seeker who may be listening right now, who is struggling right now with getting rejection or maybe struggling with right now with their own identity and figuring out what they need to do in their career. But what advice would you have for me if I am just perhaps having a hard time right now and down on my luck? Mm, Yes, I know. That's such a hard place to be. I've been there before. I'm guessing you've been there before as well, Chris. I mean, oh, yeah. Yeah, not to speak for you, but I think maybe, you know, just as a first step to help normalize it, right? Because it is hard. It is tough. You know, you put yourself out there, you apply for all these jobs. Sometimes you never hear back from them or sometimes you get an immediate rejection. You hit send mm-hmm. and then like within You're five the minutes, you already get the, job. the rejection. Yes, right. <laughs> <laughs> You're Heard like, what, what was it about me that the computer system automatically rejected me? Right. So but I think normalizing it, you know, just knowing that we've all been there, we all go through this and, you know, doing what you need to do for self-care so that you're keeping yourself strong and being grounded, you know, like, I mean, there's a number of ways that you can do this. Right. But it's like, what are the things that help you feel fulfilled? You know, for me, sometimes it's just a matter of going outside and putting my bare feet in the grass and just connecting with Earth. Sometimes it's taking a hot bath at night. Sometimes it's planning a vacation, like sometimes you just need to get away and take a break from it. Right. And so depending upon budget and what's available to you, you know, find those little things. And it it doesn't need to be a huge vacation because that's going to take a month or two to plan and cost a bunch of money. But it's like, what are those quick five minute breaks that you can help yourself get regrounded, come back to self and remind yourself, like, why are you doing this? What is your why? You know, we talked about why at the very beginning what is your why? Why are you doing this? And, you know, there's always going to be people that don't like you or will reject you for whatever reason. Yeah. Don't take it personally. Just know, that okay, they're looking for somebody else. It's probably not the right fit for me either. But yeah. maintain that confidence that there is something out there for you, that there is an excellent, awesome, amazing fit. You know, I'm a huge fan of mantras and affirmations. So it's like if you can find things that's going to get that positivity you know, up front, in front of your eyes, in front of your face, put messages on your mirror, have alarms that go off on your phone, just reminding you, 
because the more that you can stay in that positive mentality in that positive state, I'm just such a firm believer that, you know, when you do that, you're going to have that positivity reflect back to you. And if you're having a hard time with this, you know, most successful people hire a coach or a mentor. So, you know, get feedback, get feedback from people, get support from people, reach out to people who have actually accomplished what you want to do. Find out where are the challenges, where can you help improve and optimize the process so that you can stop spinning your wheels because yeah. it is a hard process. There's no doubt about that. I wish it was easier, but there's this whole system built up around it. And if you don't know how to work with ATS systems and you don't know how to keyword optimize your resume, you know, there's all these things. There's kind of an art and a science to it. So you want to learn the art and the science, but you also have to keep a really strong mindset so that you can move through this process. So gaining feedback and getting support, you know, from people that you really trust and respect is very important. That could be a coach. It could be a mentor. It could be whoever is right for you. But make sure that you're connecting with people that actually have the skills and wisdom and experience to give you that feedback. Because sometimes I have folks that come to me and they're like, you know, well, I tried to get help from my sister. Right. And it's like, oh, yeah. But, you know, but my sister constantly tells me, oh, you'll never be able to qualify for this job or, you know, whatever. So it's like you want to make sure that the feedback and advice that you're getting is good, sound quality advice. And it's actually going to help you get where you want to go. I love that. Such good advice. And I think just this theme of support is so important because so many of us are just this is just how it is in this day and age, but just sitting behind our computers, applying to job after job. And it can be very draining and perhaps one of the most stressful things just to do on your own. And so I think to get that support, namely, like you said, from people who know, you know, perhaps they might have that industry insider information who know, you know, what to to include in a resume to end up getting you more interviews. But I think that's so important and a really good point to drive home. So thank you for that. Sure. Absolutely. So my last question to you today is, and this is a fun one. If you could tattoo one message for every career warrior applying for a job today, what would that message be? Well, if it's a tattoo, I don't know if it'd be an incredibly sexy tattoo. (laughs) I think the tattoo idea is good because it it forces it to be, you know, almost permanent and short, but yeah. Short and succinct. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this might go back to, uh, you know, something that I shared earlier, but I think it's really, you know, think like a consultant or think like a marketer. So you Mm. can choose which tattoo works for you better, which one do you want to be branded with? But, um, you know, (laughs) thinking like a consultant, right, is like if you're going through this whole process, like, you know, how would you help if you were going to consult with someone else, you were going to consult with an organization. How would you help them strategically think about creating the results that they want. Right. And so it is a process. It's a process from start to finish. And it's, you know, a resume is a key component of that. And that's really amazing. And there may be things that you want to look at before and after to really help you do the whole process. And so think like a consultant, you want to be thinking, what's the problem here? How can I help solve the problem? And what's a problem for me? And how do I solve my own problems? But when I'm engaging with an organization, like if I'm in an interview with an organization, I think sometimes we think of an interview of like almost call and response type of conversation. They ask the question, I answer. They ask the question, I answer. But it's actually a great opportunity for you to be asking questions of that employer as well. And if you can help them, you know, they have a need, they have a problem. They're hiring someone to help solve that problem. So if you can help ask a lot more questions about the role and what it is that they're trying to accomplish with that role, 
Then you can help customize your answers, which is exactly what a consultant does as well, is like, let me customize this solution to you and your business and your team and the key initiatives that you're trying to you know, solve for. So that would be my tattoo. Think like a consultant, operate like a consultant and, you know, with a twist of marketing in there as well. I love that. <laughs> I love that. Well, Sonia Dynamo Price, everybody. Sonia, thank you so much for joining us today on the Career Warrior podcast. So much fun. Thank you. It's been a lot of fun. Thank you, Chris. Cool. How can people get in touch with you? I'll just ask, what are your preferred social media channels and your website again, please? Yeah, absolutely. So my website is dynamocareers.com. That's D-Y-N-A-M-O careers.com. There's a contact page on there. Feel free to shoot me a message. I'd love to connect with you. I'm also very active on LinkedIn. So you can just look for my name, Sonia Price, S-O-N-J-A-P-R-I-C-E on LinkedIn. Yeah, I'd love to connect with you on either channel. I'm also on Facebook and Instagram, but I primarily operate from my website and LinkedIn as well. Awesome. Great, Sonia. Thanks so much for joining us today. I'm so glad we met and had this episode done. Me too. Thank you, Chris. Perfect. Now, listeners, this wraps up episode 255 of the Career Warrior podcast. Wow. Glad we can talk about the great resignation a little bit and more importantly, how to turn it into the great transformation. If you found this episode to be particularly useful for you, please post it on LinkedIn and tag both of us and let us know what you thought about this episode. And I would love to comment back. Like I said, I read every single thing. I read every review. So giving this feedback is so darn important to me. So I would love to hear from you what you thought. Of course, I will make sure to include the links that were mentioned in today's episode within the description of this podcast. I make sure to do that every time. And that's all I have for today. Thanks so much for tuning in today. Go out, be warriors, and I'll see you next Monday. Career Warrior Podcast. And for more on your job search, please make sure to check out Let's Eat Grandma's website at letseatgrandma.com forward slash CWP. That's where you can find her blog, attend job seeker events, and learn more about her awesome resume services. Let me just say, I'm happy you're subscribed on Apple or Spotify, but you are missing out if you haven't seen the additional resources on our website. Once again, that's letseatgrandma.com forward slash CWP. And please don't forget to leave a review. The support from my fellow warriors is what will help me get noticed and what will help the algorithm so other job seekers can discover us too. I promise I read all the reviews and you will just make my day. That's all. I'll see you next episode this Monday morning. 